Hello everyone and welcome uh, to our midweek podcast uh, from Avila Presbyterian Church. You're all very welcome as we come together uh, through this half hour in Jesus' name uh, to reflect on uh, his promises and his goodness and to recognise the fellowship that we have in his name. As we begin this new term in September, we're going to begin uh, our pod- midweek podcast by looking at uh, what it means to be part of the Church of Jesus Christ. Over the month of August, we had uh, 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 this series running in our evening services. And we're going to get a chance now just to listen back uh, to uh, those messages as we think about what is the Church. As we begin, let me read these words from Psalm 90. The title of this psalm is A Prayer of Moses, the Man of God. And the words say, Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. We come together uh, through this time recognising our rich and mighty promises in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. As we think of this, let us come now to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, we recognise afresh this now of who you are and what it means to seek and to follow you. To know, Lord, that you have called us in the name of Jesus, that you have made a real and lasting change in our lives. Lord, that our hearts that were once turned away from you, blinded to the things of you, are now open, are now uh, turned uh, and hunger for the things of you. And we thank you that this has all become possible in the name of Jesus. Lord, we recognise many things, Lord, in our world which will take us away from you. Many things, Lord, that seem so appealing, yet will fulfil nothing. And so, Lord, we seek you. We seek you in the name of Jesus. To know of that joy that we have, to know of what it means to uh, understand the things of you in all that we may do. Lord, we come before you this day, asking, Lord, that we may have that awareness of what it means to seek and to follow you in all that we may do. Lord, we pray for one another. We pray for the things, Lord, uh, in which we um, are dealing with in our lives. Things, Lord, that many do not understand. But, Lord, we pray of what it means, Lord, uh, to rest in you, to bring our daily lives before you, and to know of your comfort and peace. To know what it means, Lord, to rely on you in all things. Lord, as we think about what it means to be part of your family, to be part of the Church of Jesus Christ. We pray that through these messages, 
we have that awareness, Lord, of you working in us, bringing us together and enjoying that fellowship in Jesus' name. Lord, we ask all these things now in the great and mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Well, in a moment or two, uh, we're going to have Wallace uh, bring our first message to us uh, entitled, What is the Church? Before we uh, listen to this, we're going uh, to listen to our first item of praise, Sovereign Over Us. Valley 
prosper. You've not forgotten us. You're with us in the fire and the flood. Faithful forever, perfect in love. You are sovereign over us. Faithful forever, perfect in love. You are sovereign over us. Please turn with me to our Bible readings this evening. We've got two, uh, two quite short Bible readings. So, Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And just this one verse, verse 16, which says, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's Spirit lives in you? And then just turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. And we're going to read verses 19 to 22. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his Spirit. Here, we end the reading of God's word to us this evening. Good evening, everyone. I'm sure you've guessed what our, our theme is tonight. <laughs> what is the, the church? So we're going to look at that a wee bit tonight, but if you have your Bibles, it would be good to turn to those verses that Robert read for us earlier. First Corinthians, uh, forgotten it now. First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, and Ephesians 2, 19 to 22. You might want to keep your finger in those a wee bit, and we'll jump about the other parts of the Bible as well this evening. Before we look at that, let's turn to God in prayer. Lord God, again, we thank you that we're able to gather together tonight around your word, that we are able to gather together in your church and as your church. And Father, we pray that as we look at this subject tonight, that you encourage us, that you reveal new truths to us, and that you build us up, Lord, in our faith and in our love for you. Well, just uh, fill us with your spirit tonight and use the words, Lord, that, that I say, Lord, to may they be your words. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. As I say, we're beginning this new series on, on Sunday evenings for a number of weeks, looking at the church. What is the church? Why, why should we go to church? What should the church really look like? And that song we just sang gives us a bit of an example of that. And how should it function? You know, I'm sure there's many, and there are many people that say, my villa, that's my church. Or such and such a church, that's my church. But I wonder, what do they really mean when they say that? In fact, many people that say that 
probably very rarely are even in the church. So we wonder what it is they're talking about. So that, that's why over these next number of weeks we want to look at, that, at the church, help us to understand it a wee bit more and, and get a better grasp of why church is so important. Tonight that's why we ask this question, what is the church? Well, first of all, many will say, what is the church? It's a, it's a building, of course. Around 50 years ago, PCI had a, a, and they went mad with it to a certain extent, opening churches up all around the country, particularly in new housing estates, called church extension. Even the very name has building connotations to it, church extension. As you know, I'm from Scrabble. Scrabble is 50 years old this year. Listen to Brain and Bangor, 50 years old this year. And when I was at some of those celebrations, I said to people, well, what was the church like 50 years ago? And they showed me a picture of the church. That's what it was then, a picture of the church. It was a building. And of course, you know, my villa here is a church extension as well, only not just as old. Started out in a porta cabin or the hut. And I know I remember too in the grass over there at the front. You know, we celebrate church as a building. We put commemorative uh, foundation stones and things on the walls. And we, we uh, unveil these things. But unfortunately for many, that's what church is. It's just a building. It's the most important thing to them. It amazes me that they put the building before anything else. Dear help anybody who wants to change it. Brave person takes on a project for, for changing an old building or even knocking an old building down. You know, there's nothing wrong with buildings. And it's good to take pride in them. And it's good to give God thanks for the blessings of good facilities. But church is much more than a building. In fact, church isn't really a building at all of that sort. It is a building of other sorts. What is church? Well, the Greek word used for church in the New Testament is ecclesia, which means gathering of God's people or an assembly of God's people. The church is not the building, but it is the people that gather. Good old Presbyterians, we look at the Westminster Confession of Faith, and it tells us the church, which is invisible, consists of all the elect who have, been, who have been, are, or shall be gathered into one under Christ its head. This church is his bride, his body, and the fullness of him who fills all in all. Yeah, in other words, the church is all God's people, believers of all places and from all times around the world, past and present and future. It says it's invisible because we can't see the whole grasp of the church in that sense from where we are now. But the Westminster Confession reminds us the church is also visible. It's where we gather locally together as God's people and congregations just like Mavilla. It's the visible body of the church. But the important thing is the church consists of believers. Those who are in Christ those who have Christ as their Savior. The Apostle Paul wrote to the church 
in Corinth, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. He said, To those sanctified in Christ Jesus, who are called to be holy, together with all those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. He wrote to the church in Corinth, but he wrote to those everywhere who were sanctified in Christ. There was a body of believers in Corinth. So tonight, here in this building tonight, we have church. We have an assembly of God's people. We have an assembly of people who are called by God, who have received the mercy and the grace of God. We have people, a church, who have been saved through the saving works of Christ on the cross. People who have been called to this location as a kind of congregation. That's what we have here. That's what you're, you are tonight as you sit here. Perhaps you're, you're sitting here tonight and you're not a child of God, yet you're blessed for you're in a church building. You're partaking in a church service. You're sitting in the company of the church, of the people of God. You're witnessing what it's like to worship, to be part of God's family, to be sharing with those who serve him in this place, to enjoy the benefits of those who are broken, who are sinful, yet receive the help from God and from one another. Second thing I want to look at tonight about the church, and we see it in those verses we read, is the church is a holy temple. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's Spirit lives in you. And then Ephesians 2.21 and 22, we see that in Christ, you are being built together to become a holy temple a dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit. You see, in the Old Testament, before Christ came, God dwelt among His people in a tabernacle, in a tent. It was a building where God's presence was. Yet we know God's not limited to one single place or to a building. For God is everywhere. You cannot hide from God. And God will never be far from you. We know that from Psalm 139. But God chose to dwell in this tabernacle tent so that his people could see a glimpse of his glory, so his people could be close to him and enjoy his presence. The tabernacle and later on the temple in Jerusalem was the place that God's people could gather for worship. It's the place where they brought their sacrifices. It's the place where they came to hear what God had to say to them. But not only that, the temple spoke to the nations. Every nation knew that this is where the children of Israel's God was. They could see how the people worshipped him. They could see how they looked to their God, how they depended upon their God. They could see how they were blessed in a special way by God, that their freedom and their peace was because of God's presence with them. The tabernacle or the temple was a place of witness. We know that the tabernacle and temple are no more. And for these verses highlight, you are now God's holy temple. The Spirit 
dwells in you. Now, when Jesus came, he became flesh and dwelt among us. John chapter 1, 14 tells us that. Well, really, that word used in the, the original means he came and tabernacled along with us. He pitched his tent among us. But now, instead of dwelling in his, with his people in a tent, Jesus dwelled with them on earth. But now, following Jesus' death and resurrection and his ascension, God sent his Spirit to dwell in his people. Therefore, each individual believer has God's Spirit in them. But not only that, they're joined together as the church, as God's holy temple, where the Spirit dwells among us all. Now, these verses from Corinthians and Ephesians, they use the word you as a plural. For we see together that we are God's holy temple. Therefore, we need to reflect together God's glory and be a witness to the nations. It says our holy temple. Holy means set apart. The tabernacle was holy. It was set apart from the main camp. It was set apart for God's special purposes. It was set apart as pure, a place without sin. Before anyone could enter it, they had to be ceremonially clean. Sacrifices had to be made. Even the priest had to be clean before he could do anything. The same is for the church. The church is holy. It's set apart. Its, it's people are called to be holy. For this is where the Spirit lives. And collectively, the church needs to be holy. It should be seen by others to be holy. Now, I know, and I'm sure you know yourself, Christians are not perfect. We continue to sin, but we are made clean. Not ceremonially clean, but spiritually washed and cleaned by the sacrifice of Jesus' blood. And with that Spirit living in us, then we desire to strive to live holy lives, to live lives pleasing to God, to live lives for Christ, whilst we still fight this influence of sin. You know, it's an ongoing process. The Spirit is sanctifying us. He's transforming us. He's making us like Christ. A process that will be complete on the day He returns. You know, Christ was holy. He was set apart. He was set apart by God for a purpose. We too are set apart for His purpose. Made holy and sent by Him into the world. We see that in John 17. You know, before our behavior bore witness to us standing apart in the world, separate from God. But now we are sanctified, we are holy, we are God's children. Our behavior bears witness to our standing before Him. You know, as God's church, as His holy temple, our lives are built on those solid foundations of the apostles and the prophets, which really means on the, on the Word of God, with Christ as the chief cornerstone. When we're built on those things, we're fulfilling His holy purpose. I suppose the challenge to us is, what do we look like? When people come in and look at us as church, 
Is that what they observe? Do they see a people who are holy, who are Christ-like? That's our prayer, that we do become God's holy temple. But the Bible uses other words to describe the church that are, were also captured in that bit from the Westminster Confession. The church is a body. No, we do not function in isolation. We're interconnected. We work together. We support each other. We enable each other. We help each other to grow. And each person in doing that performs their own role. Good news is we don't compete against each other. We have one purpose, to fulfill God's purpose, to show Christ to the world. We work together as the body for that purpose. We all know a healthy body is good, don't we? A body must be healthy if it wants to be effective and functioning properly. Body is an amazing thing. It self-heals. And when we're cut, we get an infection, what does it do? Our body fights against it. It heals the cut that fights against that infection. Helps to mend that part. You know, as a church, as a people who love Christ and love each other, we want each member to grow and mature. Therefore, when we see a member that's hurt or weak, we have a responsibility to care for that member, to help them heal, to help them grow, to help them mature in their faith. The only thing amazing about the body is it protects itself. If I just went like that, threw something at your face, what would you do? You'd blink, yes. Why? Because your eyes want to be protected. Your body knows, put your eyelids down, protect them. You know, as a church, if we see a danger, or if we see one of our members falling into that danger, then we should again, in love, work to warn and protect them. So often Christians are tempted to fall into sin. They watch things that they shouldn't, or go to places that perhaps they shouldn't do, or keep company that perhaps they shouldn't keep. We see the danger that they're in, yet often we stay silent. As a body of God's people, we want to work together to build each other up, to support each other, to set an example for each other, to love each other as Christ loves us. I've seen it in practice. You've seen it in practice. Church had operated over these last number of weeks. I've seen each member use their gifts to build others up who have needed it. We've seen members help those who have been grieving do practical things. They give support, emotional support, spiritual support. The holiday club last week, the same thing. We've seen leaders do craft, we've seen leaders prepare juice, we've seen leaders tell stories, we've seen leaders sing, we've seen people pray at home. That is church working as a body together for that purpose. Unfortunately, I'm old enough and been about long enough that I've seen church not operate like that. 
not operate uh, as a body after God's purpose, but functioning for individuals' purposes. It's not healthy. It's painful to watch. It's painful to be part of. It's not what God intends. And the church is a body with Christ as the head, working together to bring glory to his name. Finally, the church is a bride. I was recently at a wedding, a young couple who are friends of our family, both in love. You could tell, even in those weeks, when speaking to them and running up to the wedding, they couldn't wait to be married. They were excited. They were filled. Every moment was filled about the wedding, setting up home together, sharing their lives together. The bride was getting organized with her dress and getting her hair done, and she had special jewelry bought for the day. Mind you, she left it behind in the house. <laughs> we got a quick phone call to say, call around and get it, bring it to us just before the church service. But at a wedding, there's anticipation of what lies ahead in the marriage. After that, the bride is treated with honor, treated with love. The groom gives his best for his bride. And in return, the bride faithfully loves her husband. Now, I know not all marriages end up as they started out, and I know that they're not all a picture of what God had intended for marriage to be. But Ephesians 5 and 25 demonstrates the love of Christ has for his bride, the church. It says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Then why? Verses 26 and 27. To make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, to be present or to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle, but holy and blameless. The church is loved by God. Not only did he die to bring forgiveness, but he also came to give new life of holiness to his bride. He promises to love his church with compassionate care. He promises to be faithful to his vows, present his church as pure. Christ even shows John in Revelation 21, shows him his bride. Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And as we know, Revelation goes on to show his bride radiates the glory of God. Now, this should stir the church up to love him in return, to be faithful to him, to desire to and anticipate with joy to be in his presence. Sadly, for many, that's not a reality. Many say they love Jesus, but they don't need the church. Or at least their actions demonstrate they don't need the church because they're rarely seen in it. A book I've been reading as well by Tony Berinda, a book called Love Your Church, puts it like this. The idea of love, the idea of I love Jesus but not the church is inconsistent and problematic. She's his bride. So that's like saying to my best friend, I love you. I'm happy to hang around with you, but I don't have time for your wife. 
I'd rather not have to spend time with her. Doesn't work. Sure it doesn't. As the bride of Christ, let's be church. Gathering together and worship, worshiping the one that we love and the one who loves us conditionally, the one who gives us life, the one who is making us holy. Let's, as a church, radiate his glory to all who look to us as we serve to fulfill his purpose as the body of Christ. Our our prayer is that our hearts desire to be with him, to look forward to that day when, with the rest of the church, the rest of the people of God, that we see him face to face. That is what church is. What a wonderful picture that is. Let's come to him in prayer. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you tonight for showing us, Lord, your love towards us. Lord, we thank you for the church that you have called us into. A church, Lord, that is pure through the blood of Christ. A church, Lord, that you are making holy. A church, Lord, that one day that we will see you face to face, present it blameless before you. Heavenly Father, we know that at times we do not radiate your love as we should. Lord, we know at times that we do not love you the way that we should, and others see that. Lord, we know at times that as your body we do fight against each other rather than working together. But Lord, we thank you that we are your church and that we can rely upon you. Change us and mold us and bind us together in your spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Spring will 
Thank you, Wallace, uh, for that message and also the praise that we've just listened to entitled, The Lord is My Salvation. As we come to the end of our podcast now, we're going to take just some time uh, to bring others before God in prayer. As we gather as a fellowship of believers, how important and how crucial it is to bring one another Uh, to God in prayer. Let us do that now. Heavenly Father, we come together this time, Lord, recognising many needs in our world. Lord, we pray for one another. We pray for many, Lord, who have been caught up in conflicts, conflict that we can never imagine, lives that have been changed upside down. But Lord, we pray that your hand of peace that your hand of comfort, Lord, may be with those who need it most. And Lord, we do just uh, pray for those believers in difficult places. We pray for your people, Lord, who continue to follow and to seek you, even uh, when all the odds are stacked against them. We recognise, Lord, that in your name, Lord, there is something real and solid that will never be taken away. And so, Lord, we pray that you may continue to strengthen your believers, that they may know, Lord, of your comfort and your peace towards them in all that they may do. And, Lord, we pray for uh, ourselves through these days as well, recognising many changes that are happening, but also knowing, Lord, that you are the stable one. You are the one that we can depend on. Lord, We want to pray for our country and our leadership. We want to pray for our new Prime Minister, uh, asking, Lord, that she may know of your hand upon her and all that she does, that you may give her wisdom, 
that they may, she may know, Lord, of what it means to rest in you through all that she may face. Lord, we lift up before you uh, many, Lord, who are feeling pressures of everyday life, especially, Lord, through these days, Lord, when costs seem to be getting higher and higher. Lord, we pray that you may bring peace uh, to uh, one another, that we may know, Lord, that through all things you are in control and that you may help us to come together in your name, to rest in you and to look out for one another in all that we may do. Lord, be with those, Lord, who feel broken. Be with those, Lord, who are dealing with health issues. Lord, be with those who are mourning the loss of loved ones. Lord, we ask that they continue to know of what it means, Lord, uh, to seek and to follow you, to know of your comfort and peace in all that they may do. Lord, we bring all these things before you now, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, may you know God's rich blessing through your week ahead. And we close with the words of the benediction. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God our Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen.